We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I am Ricky O'Donnell. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Pat. And Jason, the Bulls season is only figuratively over, but literally still at, you know, the first 15% of the year. The Bulls are marching forward, losing most of the games they play, all while the entire NBA waits for the other shoe to drop. And Zach Levine finally gets traded. Jason, until that happens, Zach Levine appears that he is willing to mope around the court and the Bulls are willing to lose a lot of games and not score many points. The Bulls now sit at 5-10 and overall. Since our last podcast, they have lost consecutive games to the Orlando Magic and then they split a pair of games with the Miami Heat. All of those games were at home. Uh, The Magic games, particularly funny, Jason, because the Bulls came out with a scorching hot start where they scored 33 first half points in consecutive games. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, The Bulls, of course, lost both of these games after battling back, losing in crunch time. In the first one, Zach Levine, a couple tremendous shots uh, late in the game only to be outdone by Paolo Banquero traveling and scoring a bucket over Alex Caruso in the low post for the Magic to win their first game. And then in the second game, the Bulls once again come back from the terrible first half, catch fire in the second half, led by Levine, only to lose the game when Nikola Vucevic allows the game-winning layup to Franz Wagner and then misses a wide-open corner three. Poetic finish. (laughs) Get the lead back at the end of the game. The Bulls follow this up one day later at home against the Miami Heat by getting off to a 22 to 1 deficit to start the game, Jason. The Bulls battle back and they lose. No, they win. Later, the Bulls. They won the, the first Heath game. Oh, they won that game. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. So that was the game the Bulls won. They won 102 yeah. 97. Uh, that moved them to 5 and 9. And then the next game, the Bulls 
uh, trailed the game 12 to two to open the game only to come back and lose. So bulls are five and 10 right now, Jace. Uh, I don't think we've really learned much about this team nope. since last podcast, other than to have the fact reinforced that this team sucks. They're not going anywhere. The season's already over. And at this point, we just sit back and wait for uh, the next shoe to drop. But until then, I think we are going to be watching some really bad basketball. Yeah. Uh, especially, I mean, looking at the upcoming schedule, they go to play Oklahoma City next. They start like a four-game road trip. It's like OKC, uh, Toronto, Brooklyn, and then Boston. And then I believe they come home and play like Milwaukee. I mean, just look like the next like month and a half. Going through the end of the end of 2023, I think there's like 17 games left. Uh, you look at the schedule and you maybe can find five or six, maybe seven wins out of those 17 games, which would put them like 32 games in going into 2024, probably 10 plus games under 500, something around that. Just the way they're playing right now, if they don't start playing better, like they're going to lose most of these games and they're going to just be in a deep hole with and uh, especially with Zach, the way he's just like kind of, like you said, half-ass in games. And I mean, he's kind of been doing this all year. But the Zach thing, especially, uh, like he's been getting out and just like you mentioned the 33-point halves back-to-back uh, back against the Magic. Zach's just like not doing anything to start games. And then he'll pick it up in the second half and try to lead on these comes these comebacks. The the first Heat game uh, was, I mean, a fluke. Like you said, the Bulls were getting trolled and clowned for being down by 21 after like midway through the first they somehow win that game uh because the heat offense just kind of fell apart and the bulls caught fire from three late they got a bunch of really made a bunch of really tough shots down the stretch to win that game sometimes that happens uh and then last game the heat just kind of beat their ass all game the heat st- didn't actually stop scoring and they win by 18 uh zach or zach took a season low nine shots and that was a big talking point about these last couple games zach just not shooting the ball and again in general in first halves he's not shooting the ball not looking for a shot uh and of course the first heat game after the win brought all the hubbub about the incident with the bulls pr person about zach kind of brushing her off uh because whatever they get a big win Big comeback, whatever. I'm going to call it a quote big win because I don't, is any win actually big for the Bulls these days? Not really, but whatever. You beat the Heat, a big comeback. Uh, you make some big, make some big plays down the stretch, whatever. Kind of an emotional win. Zach storms off the court. PR lady, what's her name? Was it Beth? Is that what her name is? Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, tries to whatever pull him like, like hey like could you do an on-court interview basically after this after this big game and he just like brushes her off and goes into the locker room and there's obviously just a whole bunch of hubbub about that and, and uh, I mean whatever you think about that kind of stuff it's just not a great look when especially just given the context you just won a game big game against a whatever kind of a rival team uh, and you're like whatever the face of the franchise and you're expected to like talk after a game like and after a big game like that especially given he's in these trade rumors. So when you consider the trade rumors and the st- kind of the other stuff, you mentioned this in a tweet, I think about like, he's wearing like the LA cap and he had like the, the rich Paul uh, unit. You see, he was at there for, I think the college games last week and he's there in like a clutch sweatshirt matching clutch sweatshirts with rich Paul. Uh, and you got the, some of the comments, but that are to- have clearly different than years past about his trade rumors and, and all that kind of stuff. It just clearly, all that going on, and then you get that this whole PR incident, uh, which he ap- apologized for, and uh, he said, "Oh, it's like a miscommunication." I mean, whatever. That's probably just total BS. 
it just all comes together to a guy who's whatever he's got one foot out the door, which we've kind of said already, but this even just adds to it. And like, and I want to make it clear that I don't really blame Zach Levine for wanting a trade or having his foot out the door. Uh, he's been with this franchise for however long now, seven damn years, and the team sucks. They're not going anywhere. He literally said it. We've been spinning our wheels for three years. We're not going anywhere, and the team is bad. The team is partially this bad because Zach is not is mailing it in. But like, even if Zach was playing great, would the Bulls be that much better? Maybe they'd be seven and eight instead. We know they're, they'd still be mid at at the very best at this point. So like, I don't blame Zach for wanting out, wanting a trade. The way it's looked, the optics have not been great. With with this PR thing, with the way he's just playing right now and just clearly not playing and totally engaged at, at his best. And obviously we had kind of like the soft trade requ- trade request, but you put it all together and it's just a miserable Bulls product right now. They're Again, five and ten, the mid three. They're not even the mid three anymore on the court together. They're like a minus 15 net rating uh, in like over 300 minutes. That's just bad. The team record is bad. And it could get a lot worse with this upcoming schedule, with the, with these games coming up on the road, and then and throughout the rest of the year. I mean, again, this they, it is shaping up to be a really even a, the stretch even worse. Maybe they miraculously put it together and kind of whatever stay whatever stay afloat and like kind of stay around where they're at. But even then, I mean, there's clearly there's no evidence that they're going to actually turn it anything around and like go on a meaningful winning streak or anything like that. To, to do anything of meaning. So yeah, it is kind of just like counting down the days until when does Zach actually get traded? Because as we mentioned last week, like the writing is on the wall at this point and we just continue seeing it with what happened over these last couple of games. Um, and we were going to, we're probably gonna have to wait. It doesn't seem like the market's that hot. Some of these teams that he wants to go to, uh, I mean, with the Lakers is like the big one. And we talked about the Lakers last week. Uh, we talked about Austin Reeves. He can't be traded until January 15th. I forgot about, I did not realize that. He can't be traded January 15th. The Lakers don't actually want to trade Austin Reeves for Zach Levine based on the reporting. Maybe when it came down to it down the road, when he is eligible, seeing where they're at, maybe they would. But as of right now, the reporting out there is the Lakers do want, do not want to make a Zach trade based around Austin Reeves. It'd be D'Lo. It'd be Rui Hachimura, who I believe Rui also can't be traded until January 15th. So like it'd be down the road. Uh, the Sixers, their interest doesn't seem that hot. The Heat, um, who knows the heat are playing really well right now without Tyler hero. Uh, I know heat fans don't want to trade basically anybody for Zach Levine from what I can tell. Uh, they, 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 with the, some of the trade rumors that like were trade ideas that have put up, been put out there. Uh, their heat fans are calling Jaime Hawkins jr. Untouchable in these trade talks. And for the record, he sucked in the first game and then he just completely destroyed the bulls last night. So uh, that was just kind of funny, but uh, there's an, again, there's a lot of other teams who could theoretically talk themselves into doing it. And if we want to talk about any more of that, we certainly can at some point. But uh, it's just a miserable ex- basketball experience right now. And, that, and that's what it is. And like how and I and I'm kind of just kind of expecting the trade if there is a trade to be underwhelming. And and at that point, do you accept an underwhelming trade or do you just kind of play it out with a guy who's pouting on your team? Or, or is this a situation where you just need to get him out of here as soon as meaningful as reasonably possible? Ricky, what is your what is your thought there? Do you think like Zach's obviously got a long time left in his contract? He's also mailing in right now and making it clear he doesn't want to be here. Uh so like would you still like make a trade, even if it's not maybe exactly what you want, just to get it get it over with, start over? Or would you like be like, hey Zach, you're under contract. We paid you all this money. Like, 
be professional, play ball. We're not trading you until we get something we actually like. I think they should trade him this season, but I don't think they should be in any rush to trade him immediately, despite the fact that Zach is doing absolutely everything (laughs) he can right now to try to get his way out of town. And, uh, you know, against the Heat in both of these games, I believe he combined for 19 field goal attempts. Our boy Mark K of CHGO had the stat. Levine had never taken 10 or fewer shot attempts in consecutive games. Uh, Jason, to me, this is totally calculated, and it's all part of Levine sort of soft launching his trade request by working the back channels through clutch into shams. This is a trade request by Zach more than anything else. He wants to get out of town yeah. and he's showing it with all of his actions. So the fact that he is, you know, sort of going to quiet quit in the middle of games is one way for him to get out of town quickly. Uh, you know, you mentioned the incident with team PR. That was absolutely a calculated incident by Zach Levine. Uh, you talked about him showing up at the United Center next to Rich Paul wearing clutch merch. You talked about him wearing the L.A. cap in the locker room. These were all sort of things Zach could do to try to force the Bulls' hand of getting him to a new team without making a huge scene and without sitting out and basically pulling a Harden yeah. when uh, Harden was in Houston or any of his various other stops. <laughs> Uh, Should the Bulls trade Zach immediately just to get him off the team? Because if you listen to some people, the Bulls will be better off once Zach leaves. Eh, I don't think so, Jason. I think that this Bulls roster has exactly two good assets on it. It's Zach Levine. It's Alex Crusoe. Both of these guys need to be traded this season because the Bulls aren't going anywhere as presently constructed and they're not going anywhere anytime soon. But they absolutely cannot rush into making these deals just for the sake of making them. That Lakers offer without Austin Reeves is a poo-poo platter, Jason. (laughs) And the Bulls cannot accept that. What they need for a Zach Levine trade is one good young player and at minimum one first-round pick. If you cannot provide a good young player, that better be two first-round picks in the deal. And I think the longer the Bulls wait, the more leverage they're going to have before they eventually make the Zach Levine trade. Now, if there is a good offer for Zach right now, let's say the Kings want to throw you Harrison Barnes, Malik Monk, and Keegan Murray. I don't believe that offer will be on the table, but if it is, I think the Bulls should take that offer, go to the rest of the teams that may be interested in Zach, say what that is, and then accept the offer if no one could top it. Like if there's a legitimately good offer, the Bulls should probably just take it right now because you don't want to risk Zach, you know, getting hurt and then losing to some trade value as the season goes on. But if you're only getting offered the Lakers poo-poo platter or you're <laughs> only getting offered a package from the Heat that doesn't involve Tyler Hero and may not even involve Jaime Jaquez, I think there is no reason to rush into making this trade. The Bulls owe it to themselves to maximize the value in a Zach Levine trade because it's the only way the next iteration of this team has any hope of succeeding. They need to get a lot of assets back for for Zach. That includes second round picks. That includes pick swaps. And it should hopefully be highlighted by a first round pick, at least one, hopefully two, and a pretty good young player. If you don't have that on the table for Zach, hold him until the trade deadline because 
as adversity and injuries start to hit these other teams and as the championship picture continues to look more and more open, uh, I think that teams might get desperate. They might see an opportunity and they might think, well, we should go get Zach Levine on our team. Uh, the one issue right now is that Zach Levine is in the midst of the worst year of his career. And I think that it's absolutely all part of his plan for getting out of Chicago. Zach knows the Bulls don't really want to trade him. If Arturis Karnaschovas had it his way, I think he would see this thing through the end of the year. He might even try to add a piece. He might pick <laughs> up another guy in the buyout market and say, hey, you know, we only aspire to get into the play-in tournament. And once you get into the play-in tournament, anything can happen. Well, Arturis, you would have to be blind and delusional to believe that the Bulls are close to accomplishing anything close to a worthwhile goal this season. This team does not deserve to be kept together, and they must be blown up and blown up completely. They must trade Zach Levine, Jace. They have to do it this year. The latest they can possibly do it is at the trade deadline. But if the Bulls make a bad Zach Levine trade, that's basically like the worst thing they can do for the future of the franchise. There is no quick fix for this roster. The Reinsdorfs might not want to rebuild. Arturis Karnaschovas might not want to rebuild. But they're staring at a rebuild one way or another because their best players are old. Their very best player, Zach Levine, wants out. They have no good young players on the roster. They've still burned through draft capital that they need to recoup. And, you know, this thing's going nowhere, as we said, from the very first game of the season. From the first game of the season, it was apparent the Bulls needed to blow it up. So they must blow it up. But if they make a bad Zach Levine trade, Jace, it is going to completely compromise the future of the franchise. They have to get every single possible asset they can get in a Levine trade. How about acquiring second round picks for like the first time ever? The Bulls just burn second round picks like their newspaper in a in a fire that they're trying to spark up. Uh, it's just it's just a bad situation for the Bulls right now, Jace. And if you've noticed, the local beat writers are back on the Bulls suck beat. Pretty good column from Darnell Mayberry at The Athletic. Good column from Joe Colley at The Sun-Times. Both of them placing the blame at the feet of Arturis Karnaschovas, who is no doubt the number one person uh, who deserves blame for this. I guess besides for the Reinsdorfs, who, you know... Funny how both of the Reinsdorf franchises have the exact same problems between the Bulls and the White Sox. Man, would it suck to be a fan of both of them, Jason, like <laughs> I am. So Plus the Chicago Bears. But uh, it's basically like all the same problems there. All three of those teams. It's like the same issue. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Bulls have to make a good Zach trade. Yeah. If it benefits them to, uh, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable as Daryl Morey likes to do, <laughs> then you do it. Like this trade is too important to the future of our tourists' tenure to just mail it in and to just say, well, you know, getting rid of Zach will be addition by subtraction. I don't think getting rid of Zach is going to be addition by subtraction. I mean, it could be depending on what comes back, uh, but that shouldn't be the bull's outlook right now their outlook should be we need to get rid of zach we need to get rid of caruso we need to get rid of DeRozan, and we need to maximize the returns for all of these players and if we can get rid of vucevic in the process let's do that too so that's where i'm at jace and that's where i'm going to continue to be at until this is over but i feel very strongly that the bulls can't trade zach just to trade him we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, definitely not. Like it, it is easy to say, especially after whatever this latest mess here, this PR mess. Like, oh, trade him! You gotta trade him right now. I mean, I was, I was tweeting, had a few drinks, whatever, firing some takes off, and like, and whatever, you gotta trade him. It's clear he's got to go, and it is clear. I mean, it's clear he's got to go, but you definitely can't. Yeah, you can't just trade him just to trade him. Like with the bull, like with the Jimmy when they traded Jimmy, they basically said, "Oh, we just took like the first decent offer we thought and we just traded him and it was like well don't do that uh this time uh yeah if you get some good offer obviously try to play it off other teams i guess the problem right now is just it does not seem like many teams are willing to trade much of anything um what was it mark stein i think was writing about how like uh that like there's just like not much of a trade market right now and that like teams are more interested in looking into like caruso or even like patrick williams um Again, maybe it does open up more after December 15th, after January 15th, when some of these other players become trade eligible. But uh, the just it seems the perception around the league of Zach Levine is not good. Uh, and again, some of that's probably self-inflicted based also on how he's playing right now. I saw the quote today that was from like former, it was former Knicks GM Scott Perry talking about just the classical whatever. Zach's not a winning player. He's been in the year league how many years now? And he says one playoff win. And again, some of that is Zach just isn't like that guy. He's not that number one guy. He's not as good as Jimmy Butler was. He's not as good as some of these other alpha dogs. And like we've we've come to we came to that realization several years ago. He just is not that guy. But you're not trading like any team trading for Zach is probably not trading for him to be that guy. You're trading for him to be your three, your number three guy, maybe your number two guy. 
Uh, and you probably have already like your, your guy there already. So like, I mean, we were talking about the, about the Lakers and like heat and Sixers, like they already have their top, basically five to 10 ish player in the league. If you're playing Jimmy or Zach around Jimmy or bam, Zach around 80 and LeBron Zach around Embiid and Maxi, like Zach, will, and, and if he's playing in a situation where he's happy and they're competing, like you're going to get a version of Zach Levine that's, that should be much better than the garbage you're seeing right now. Um, I guess the one one question could be with Zach, like, is he willing to take that step back and like not be whatever? Zach feel like he thinks of himself as a number as a number one guy, but uh, he just clearly is not. I mean, obviously, scoring wise, whatever, twenty five points per game efficiency. You tweeted out some good stat about how there's just not many guys who've scored at his level at the efficiency he has in the last several years. Of course, the problems with Zach are decision making, uh, defense, the crunch time stuff. Although he's been Okay in crunch time this year. He's had some big threes, at least. Uh, the Bulls in general have been amazing in crunch time this season, hilariously. Like, DeMar is shooting like 70-some percent. So is Caruso. Zach is like the league leader in crunch time assists this season. Very funny, just considering how much, how much the team sucks in general. But uh, I think if, if you're trading for Zach Levine, you're, again, you're not expecting him to be the guy. Uh, he's going to be like one of your finishing pieces. I guess there are a lot of teams that maybe they are looking for him to be that guy, but or there's some, but it, as the teams on his list, which were, again, Heat, Sixers, Lakers. There was also the report from Jake Fisher last week that brought up the Kings, and you brought up the Kings, but he, De'Aaron Fox is that guy in Sacramento, uh, and they have Sabonis as well, so like Zach would probably slide in as whatever, third guy, maybe number two, uh, but he's definitely the number two ball handler behind Fox. Um, the Spurs were mentioned as a possibility. I mean, it said that he that reports claim that he wanted to play for San Antonio and play with Wemby um, and play for Pop, which that could be a whatever. I get to play with Wemby, but I also get to be like the number one option because they have no point guard. And like their other guys are whatever, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell. Uh, they're, they're awful and the Spurs are terrible. So that'd be kind of interesting to want that trade to there now. How true that is, who knows? Um, there are, again, we mentioned a lot of teams last week too. Other teams, like I think we we talked about like the Pelicans. I, I think one we talked about the Warriors. With the Warriors, obviously Steph is that guy. Uh, we did not mention the Grizzlies. That that's a team I feel like that could be interesting. Is the Grizzlies, especially they've gotten off to a slow start, but they will have Ja coming back. But they could clearly use some more punch there, and they have I think contracts they could do. Like that could be an interesting option. We were just talking in our chat about the Hornets. Uh, Some will be interesting to see just how so, if some of these small market teams get involved, like the Hornets, the Magic. Uh, some of these other teams that that could throw some assets your way that could be really interesting. The Pistons we talked about too with the Pistons trade J- Jaden Ivey as a Zach package. If those teams are actually going to come to the table um, with like good trade offers, or if they'll be scared away just from like the clutch thing and Zach pouting there too if he got traded. So that that will be interesting to see. We haven't really gotten much else like firm reporting about like other like like definite trade talks, like other like clear interests besides those teams I mentioned. Um, did you have any other thoughts here about like that Jake Fisher report that came out? I guess my, my main thought is that these rival GMs are trying to drive down the price for Zach Levine by saying he sucks. Yeah. And, you know, it seems like every day there's a new leak or a new former front office member saying, well, I wouldn't trade anything for Zach Levine. <laughs> Zach Levine has only played one playoff game. <laughs> In 10 seasons. Well, it's because he's been surrounded by absolute dog shit. And Zach Levine, Jason, at this point, we know is a ceiling raiser, not a floor raiser. And that's why he needs to go to a team with 
better players than him so that his off-ball scoring and rim finishing can be maximized on a team with better spacing, on a team with a true superstar to sort of serve as the focal point of the offense, to minimize Zach's decision-making, especially off a live dribble, and to just let him do what he does best, and that score lots and lots of points in an efficient manner. You mentioned the stat I tweeted earlier today. I'll say it one more time. Since the 2018-19 season, so this is Zach's first full season on the Bulls, not counting the year he came back uh, from the ACL. But, you know, since his first full season, he's averaged 24.9 points and 59.6 true shooting. So close to 25 and 60. Those were the round numbers. (laughs) Close enough. But Zach's play this season has taken those down a little bit. Uh, But only 12 other players in the league have averaged that since the 18-19 season. And the players are Giannis, Harden, Embiid, Dame, LeBron, Steph, Anthony Davis, Kyrie, Kawhi, Durant, Zion. So that's basically a list of the best players in the league. And then also Zach Levine. And it's very curious that all we hear about right now is how Zach Levine isn't worth his contract and how Zach Levine isn't worth any sort of package. I think that all these good teams are trying to drive down the price so that, you know, the Lakers can swoop in and get Levine without offering Austin Reeves in a package. So the heat can swoop in and get Zach Levine without including Tyler hero in a package. Uh, The bulls can't accept an offer like that because if they do, they're going to just be starting off this rebuild at such a low point without any, you know, surplus assets. And that's how they got themselves in such big trouble with the initial Jimmy Butler trade with their last rebuild. They didn't acquire a first round pick in that Butler trade. And that really put them back. You know, hypothetically, they should have been getting two or three first rounders for Butler. And when that happens, Jace, you just have more margin for error, right? Like you look at uh, the magic rebuild, you look at the, Rockets rebuild those two have been pretty successful this year both of those teams are 500 or better right now two of the most pleasant surprises to start the season and when they started those rebuilds they were operating under a surplus of assets from the very start a team that didn't operate under a surplus of assets from the start of their rebuild would be the Detroit Pistons who are still the worst team in the league in year four of their rebuild the Bulls do not want to be the worst team in the league for four straight years the way the Pistons currently are by the way the Pistons what are they two and 13 or something last win was against the Bulls the Bulls did have the worst record over four seasons after trading Jimmy Butler so we've kind of already saw that happen (laughs) yeah we've seen it and they picked seven three times and fourth ones so I just think that they need to realize they're headed towards a rebuild. They need to rebuild the right way. And that is by making a good trade in this fire sale with Levine to get a bunch of assets. Now, Jace, the idea has always been, well, ownership won't let the Bulls rebuild. Arturis Karnaschovas has to try to reload the roster instead of rebuild it because the Reinsdorf's just want to get into the playoffs. Well, in Joe Colley's column for the Sun-Times today, he included this line, quote, Karnaschovas has the backing of ownership to do whatever it takes to turn this organization around within a budget. The mentality from the Reinsdorfs with the Bulls these days is, quote, you broke it, you fix it. So that would seem to say if they want to do a rebuild, they can rebuild as long as it doesn't see the Bulls go into the luxury tax. And uh, we know the Bulls aren't going to go into the luxury tax, but 
this idea that ownership won't let them rebuild, I've always sort of believed that. Maybe it's Arturis who's the one who doesn't want to rebuild. And if that's the case, he needs to swallow his pride and realize there is no quick fix for this Bulls roster. The only path for the only viable path is to tear it down and rebuild. Now, I don't love the idea of just being horrible for like five years in a row. That sucks. But you know what, Jays? You got to stockpile all the assets you can. You have to make good, smart draft picks. And they need to, more than anything else, continue to invest in the organization. That is player development. That is, you know, guys who scout draft prospects, guys who do analytic work, uh, evaluating free agents within the league, evaluating draft prospects. The Bulls just need to invest more in the organization. And until they do that, we're going to have AK closing his eyes and throwing a blind dart at the dartboard and hitting Dalen Terry on accident <laughs> because he has a 7-1 wingspan, despite the fact that he doesn't have any realistic NBA basketball skills. So, uh, yeah, man. It's yeah, it was great to see uh, number 18 pick, Jaime Hawkins Jr., what are you, what are you like 18, 18, 20 points yesterday? Dalen Terry, I think he's hurt right now. Dalen Terry, has he scored that many points in his NBA career? Uh, I mean, just think, like, you talk about player development and whatever, that kind of stuff. Like, since trading Jimmy, you go into a rebuild. Like, what, like, you have seen absolutely nothing from any, like, young player, like, developing with the Chicago Bulls. He's uh, what? Chris Dunn. He, well, I mean, he was just bad, but whatever. You had Chris Dunn. You start your rebuild with Lowry, Chris Dunn, Zach Levine. Like, Zach did get better. Uh, how much of that was the Bulls? I don't know. Lowry obviously has flourished since leaving here. Um, he's also like an outlier, but still, like, they never were able to really tap into, like, Lowry's full skill set, and the Jazz have. How funny would it be if the Jazz tried to trade for Zach and they reunited Lowry with uh, Zach? That'd be kind of funny. But uh, Chris Dunn obviously went nowhere. Lowry kind of just stagnated. Wendell Carter Jr. was fine, stagnated. I know they also dealt with some injury issues there too, but like Pat is going backwards. Uh, he's just awful so far this season offensively. He's obviously, again, good defensively, but I don't know what's going on there with Patrick Williams. He's just been a complete and utter disaster on the offensive end of the court. Kobe had his best game of the season last night, but he hasn't been good. He hasn't been like, he's been at best an okay player. Like he got a second contract, of course, but like, He's still probably best as a bench guy. We're seeing uh, from him as the starting point guard. Otherwise, I mean, you got like IO has been fine as a second round pick. Uh, there's just been no, you like no young guys have popped for the bulls like at all since this rebuild started back after trading Jimmy, it's been a bunch of okay. And then we've seen guys go elsewhere like Lowry and become an all-star level player. Wendell has got, got, I know he's still dealing with injuries. He's hurt right now. And I don't know how much better he would have ever been in Chicago, but they're just like, has not, they just haven't had somebody that's really popped as a draft pick since this rebuild started. And that's how you end up with where they're at right now. And worst team in the league over four years, one playoff win, and now heading backwards now and like with nothing to really show for it. And they're, and they're back into a corner right now when you have two older guys and then your best guy wants out and then your young guys aren't any good. You basically have to rebuild and like, again, yeah, we are like not tank, big tanking guys, but I feel like you might have to try that for a year or two to see it just because I just don't see how you're reloading through or like whatever this team is like, what are you reloading to? Like, what are you turning this, any of these guys into anything with this team? Probably nothing. And like, you're not like getting free agent, like big free agent moves. Almost certainly not. Like, uh, why, why would notable free agents want to come here at this point with, with where the direction is heading? So like, 
go tank for Cooper flag or whatever. Some of these guys coming up here in the next year or two, uh, build up that asset base. Maybe you can build up the asset base and then turn, turn that around and trade for guys in the future. Maybe use some caps, use cap space to take on, to get draft picks as well. Um, Again, you don't have to ideally don't do it for four years like the Pistons did or like the Bulls did the first time around. But uh, like we've seen like the Thunder turned whatever. The Thunder went from elite team for how long? And then they kind of KD leaves. But they still got they still had like Paul, uh, Paul George there for a year. Uh, they had Ru- obviously Russ there and then they had CP3. They rebuild. They had two really bad years. And now the Thunder... You said that they could be a Western Conference Finals team. The Thunder, I think, have like the number two or one point differential in the league at the, the team the Bulls are playing next. And they have a shit ton of assets. And they have a star player in Shea Gillard's Alexander. Uh, so they were able to do it after a couple of years. And now they're in position, in great position, to possibly contend for a really long time. So like, I, that would be the ideal. Whatever you you go from your, your veterans, they want out, your turn, you flip that around, you flip over your roster, and now you have this crew of young guys and all these assets so you were only down for a couple of years, and you now you looking like a team that can has a sustainable long term future. Obviously, nothing is guaranteed, but Thunder are in great position right now. It'd be great for the Bulls to be able to somehow turn go from where they're at right now and be like be like the Thunder in a couple of years. But right now, it certainly doesn't seem like that is in the cards. Uh, and the Thunder did have some other. Obviously, they traded some really big name players before to get to start kickstart some of this stuff, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's obviously looking real rough right now. And for, as we wait, it's, it seems like it's going to get even worse on, on the court in terms of just the product. It is. So in their next 11 games, the bulls play eight of them on the road. Their upcoming schedule is at Oklahoma city at Toronto at Brooklyn at Boston home against the bucks home against the Pelicans. Then on the road against the bucks home against Denver on the road against Miami twice, and then Philly. So that's their next 11 that I takes mean, them through December 18th. That is a really difficult schedule. And it's funny because, like, the Bulls at the very top of the organization, their only real goal is to not be an embarrassment. And they are, once again, a huge clown show embarrassment. <laughs> and, you know, the beat writers have already started it. Like, the Bulls are trash, once again. And it just really reminds me of like the Boylan era where the team's just a punchline, like players only meeting after the first game, best player requests a trade. No, apparently no one else thinks he's worth anything. And I don't know, man, it's uh, it's going to get worse before it gets even better. And I really don't see how they're going to turn this thing around in any sort of short time frame, right? And I think that the fans will be willing to endure a rebuild as long as it's done right and it's done thoughtfully and it's done better than the last time they tried to do it. Chicago's a very loyal market. They have this market all to themselves. Any other market this size in the NBA is shared by two teams. The Bulls have this market to themselves. Fans will still show up at the United Center even during a rebuild. Fans will get excited if you can get them Hope. That's really all they want is hope. Look at the Bears this year. The Bears are having a nightmare season. They're led by a boiling level doofus at head coach. <laughs> but I still talk about the Bears with my friends and family almost every day 
because those two draft picks represent some hope for the franchise. The Bulls right now, Jason, have no hope. If you were to go through every other team in the league, the only team in a comparable position is the Washington Wizards, who already sort of made their Zach Levine trade by trading Bradley Beal. Everyone else at least has a couple of young guys. You'd be like, well, I'd love to have that guy. Uh, the Hornets have LaMelo. The Pistons have Jalen Dern and Asar Thompson, even if Cade Cunningham hasn't been good. The Trailblazers have Shaden Sharp and Scoot Henderson. The Spurs have Wemby. You know, the Bulls have nothing. They got a disgruntled 28-year-old fringe all-star, and then they got two former all-stars in DeRozan, who I know was an all-star last year, and Vucevic, who hasn't been an all-star in a long time. And... Yeah, there's just no way to look at this situation and think we can salvage this by making moves around the margins. They've tried that. It's failed. They need to stop being delusional. They need to look in the mirror and say, all right, let's tear this shit down and let's try to build it up to a place where we can actually be a championship contender. And it's going to take a while. I think the fans will be there for the ride. And the thing is, if you do it the right way, you can actually have sustained long-term success. And that's what every fan base wants. So that's right. Uh, I think that's we could probably leave it there. Uh, we've I think we've covered just about everything. I feel like I just had something on my mind that I was going to bring up, and I just totally forgot about it. But uh, oh well. Uh, as we said, Bulls next game at Oklahoma City Wednesday night, starting a four game road trip. Uh, so <laughs> probably not going to be. Oh, I, I knew what I was going to say. In season tournament, I believe the Bulls are officially eliminated since they lost to the Magic. They started 0 2 in group play. I do not think there's any way at this point, even if they somehow won their last two games, which is, I believe, the Toronto the Toronto game on Friday is an in season tournament game, and then the Boston game is an in season tournament game. They're obviously they're they might not win either game. They're probably they're almost certainly not winning both of them. Uh, but I believe that Magic game officially knocked them out, or if they're not officially out, like they're uh basically have no they're drawn dead there so even that even the 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 ak won't even be able to point to we won the we made it to the knockout round of the in-season tournament as like some type of uh big uh accomplishment this season which honestly makes me happy we i didn't want that to be like i didn't want them to meander along the season but have like an in-season tournament like championship or a deep run in that to like for them to use as an excuse to keep team together so they're not going anywhere there either so yeah Thunder Wednesday with Raptors on Friday in season tournament. At least I'm pretty sure that's the schedule here. So, um, and then a bunch of, and then a four game road trip again, as mentioned, and then some other tough games, even when they come back home. So yeah, probably not going to be pretty. We'll see. We'll continue following the Zach Levine slop. We'll see if there's anything new out there, uh, coming up. We'll come back next week. Uh, We'll talk, obviously, talk more about it. Obviously, we got Thanksgiving coming up. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody who celebrates out there. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. If you like what we're doing here at Cash and you want to listen to some other great podcasts, whether it's NBA, whether it's other sports, there are so many great podcasts all across the network. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those fun places. You can follow me on the place formerly known as Twitter at Bulls underscore J. Follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, go follow Ricky's stuff at SBNation.com. Uh, I believe he's going to be writing a Zach Levine article, so please go check that out when it's coming. Uh, whenever that comes, we're not totally sure yet, but he's going to be writing about Zach here and just about this whole situation. So if you 
Obviously, we've been talking about Zach here a ton. You'll get to see it in print, get some just other uh, kind of just a whole outlook on this Zach situation with the Bulls and what's been going on there. Um, and also, please go check out ClutchPoints.com for Zach Levine trade coverage, for coverage of sports all across uh, the sports the sports world. So that's going to do it for us here at Cash Considerations, the Chicago Bulls podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. And again, happy Thanksgiving. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.